Welcome to Good Fry Burger, home of the Good Fry Burger. Can I take your order? Uh, yeah, I would please like a chase sandwich, uh, rice, uh, fries, and a burger. That'll cost you 15 JFH awards. <laughs> <laughs> please pull up to the next microphone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciated that very much. <laughs> you are so welcome, Scott Freiberger. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate you bringing me on and making fun of my last name. Honoring your last name. Honoring <laughs> your last right. name. Don't worry, right. Scott. I, I said the wrong um, word. Your, your last name is the only possible. You're the only possible staff member who could potentially be tastier than me. <laughs> well yeah so mark contacted me uh the other day saying if, if there's any good food puns that could be made out of my name because mark rice is pretty easy uh scott Freiberger is pretty easy um but the only thing i could offer was that um sometimes uh my name like if you say it, say it in the right way it sounds like cheese like a uh, cheese uh, hey cheese all right so um, what was that that you said about 15 JFH awards? Yeah, that's how much you owe me. No, that's how much Scott owes you because Scott's got them. I don't have them. Oh, I won't be able to Scott, pay you. Scott, I've how, got the goods. How would you like to provide to me and to our listeners the results of 15 count them foop saying different Jesus Freak Hideout awards for 2018? Chase, I would love nothing more than to do that that very thing that you just asked me to do. Nothing more? No. Nope. You wouldn't love anything more than that? No. That's kind of sad. Don't you have like a wife and kids? Yeah, but they Yeah, a seven month old daughter. Yeah, they're aware. <laughs> they're aware of where your priorities are in all of this. They, they, Great. they know, yeah. Well let's uh then let let us not delay uh ultimate gratification for you. And your uh, your passion project. <laughs> so uh, our very first award of the year, the uh, State of Independence Album of the Year. A uh, what our readers and listeners voted for as their favorite independently released album that came out in 2017. What have you got for us? Actually, well, I, I wanted to kind of give a little background on this one real quick here in case anybody's wondering why we call it okay, the state of sure. independence. Um, so we have an independent music section. We we have them in a separate category than the folks that have been signed to record labels, and we call that the state of independence. Um, every album that qualifies for uh, this category was um, some a band or artist or singer, rapper, whatever, that, was, um, that released an album last year and has never been signed to a major record label. Um, there are a lot of independent artists, you know, like Project 86 and, and Me Without You that have been signed to a record label before, but are now independent. They don't qualify. Yeah, so that includes people who have been indie for life, as long as some up-and-comers, as well as some newer projects from previously known bands. Like we've got Church of Agony on here, which has people from... Uh, Dang Showbread. <laughs> Thank you, Showbread. We got Blank Books on here, which is uh, the Sprinkle Brothers. Mm -hmm. So, all right, so you're going to give us our uh, top five rundown for this category? Yeah, sure. So, uh, number five is the No Toast EP from the Oh Hellos. Um, number four is Canopy by No Big Deal. 
know a lot of our staff really liked that album last year. <laughs> yeah, uh, number three is <laughs> hmm. uh, number three is the I guess EP one by Blank Books. Number two goes to the King Live by the Grey Havens, and they actually I believe were the independent artist of the or independent album of the year last year for the studio version of Ghost of a King. Uh, and then number one, oh, I and this what is this probably is not be. a surprise to anybody, yes. is uh, Mortal Ghost from our friends in Rusty Ship. All right. For, yes. I, I was actually slightly worried for a second that they weren't going to be in the top five when you ran through <laughs> five, four, three, two. I was like, are, are, do they got this? Do they have this? I was keeping an eye on on the, the changing um, votes and everything mm-hmm. throughout the whole voting process. And they actually, <clears throat> they had this category unlock the whole time uh and they won by i don't have the percentages in front of me right now but um they won by a considerable margin i think it was at least 25 or 30 percent of the votes wow yeah so they absolutely dominated and they beat the gray havens which is previously the highest rated independent band that we've ever had right yeah that's a big deal man good for them yeah i do want to point out it is a big deal uh, one artist uh from this list swinging hammers uh this is yeah kind of uh not quite nepotism but good friend of mine uh he goes to church with me uh swinging hammers is the stage name for a guy named ben roop who's a great songwriter with a massive voice every tuesday night i get to sing the doxology in a room with him (laughs) which is a thing just blasts up into harmony and uh his voice tends to stick out amongst the like 40 or 50 guys that meet up on tuesdays and uh it's cool is like we sing doxology to end off like uh like a men's group uh like theology and prayer meeting Uh, but he also ends every single one of his concerts with the doxology um that's cool tidbit and his album also ends with the doxology uh so it's a cool thing uh definitely an artist worth checking out worth seeing live it's fitting yeah for sure i reviewed that album last year actually and, and i really enjoyed it i was very very pleased to hear something that sounded good when I get so many albums that don't sound good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now it's time for the category that is absolutely the worst category to do over a podcast. Best album <laughs> art of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So um, we had, I think, 10 nominees for album yeah. cover art. Yay, they're all in the top uh, 10. They all made the top 10. <laughs> Yay. So we're going to do the top five. and and. Um, what did you guys think uh, about um, this list? My favorite album on the list is I'm Only Dreaming by Isley, but I mean that as favorite because of the music, because I actually I don't uh-huh. like that album artwork, so it's funny. Um, I I don't know. There's a few albums like like I really like the Blue Eyed Devil artwork for Crumb, but I've actually not listened to that uh-huh. album. So it's one of those things mm, like, should. It, this is a weird category. It's like, do I you know, vote for something maybe that I don't even like if I think the album artwork is best? Which technically, that's what I should be doing. But well, yeah, that's what yeah. you should be doing. I actually, I don't even know. How do, who comes up with the nominees for this list? Where, where does that come from? Um, well, I go through, uh, at the start of each year, I start a new Word doc. And I have all these categories there. And as albums come out, I add them to the appropriate uh, categories okay. um and then for album art uh really i just kind of i look at all the album covers and if it looks like it could 
um, you know, if it looks great, obviously I'll put it on there. Mm-hmm. Um, if it looks like it, um, you know, could get voted for, I'll put it on there. Um, and then, uh, of course, as you guys both know, and maybe our listeners don't know, we'll have the uh, the JFH staff vote on everything to whittle it down to the number of nominees that you see in the ballot. I find it funny. Uh, one of the uh, artists here I see is Derek Minor. Now, you know that technically, technically, that album cover for High Above is only one-fourth of a picture, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it still looked really good. It so. does look really good. The whole, picture <laughs> look, the whole picture looks good, too. It's a great design. It's a great cover. Yeah. I, I'm going to predict that just like the last quarter, we're going to, just like the last category, we're going to have a... Uh, a win for a rusty ship on this one. Um, okay. You think so? I don't know. I actually really like that. Okay, rusty ship's cover is great. Yeah. I really yes. like that Project 86 cover. I do. I do like that. I also really liked Kari Joby's cover. Uh, Carrie Job? Carrie Job. Yeah, Carrie Job. Like Kari, Kari Joby. Kari Joby. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, Oh my gosh! That's another thing that sh- that's another thing about me. I like to pronounce artists' um, names wrong, like so. the Winians. The Winians. For for those of you who listened back to like episode four, <laughs> I think two episodes in a row actually we we got some Winians actions, action. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Kari Joby. That's that that's new. Okay, mock. Uh, Goat, go ahead and uh, <laughs> give us the top five. Okay, cheese. Uh, number five is at the wayside. The breakdown in the fall. Uh, I think that's the Sorry, one I voted that. for. Actually, that is a pretty sweet cover. Yeah, the music is good too. By the way, <laughs> um, <clears throat> number four is the High Above EP by Derek Miner. Uh, number three, The Garden by Kari Joby. <laughs> uh, number two. Sheep Among Wolves by Project 86. Ah, so close. All right. I know. No. But hey, both of your guesses were number two and three, so there we go. Um, number one, Rusty Ship, Mortal Gun. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Awesome. So our next category is Christmas Album of the Year, uh, which a lot of these are actually EPs, but... <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah. I... Can I make a confession that you never listen to Christmas music? That you hate Christmas music? Christmas music is fine, but I didn't listen to a single one of these. Yeah, so that's that's <laughs> actually where I stand as well. I haven't heard a single album on this list, which is funny. 2000, uh, 2007? No, sorry, 2016. I was actually uh, protesting Christmas to an extent. Uh... This was just so this was would have been a few months before I was brought on staff. This is one of the more controversial things I did. But it was it was a year where Christmas fell on a Sunday. And so it's mm. it's very important to me uh scripturally that the Sabbath and the gathering of the church is held as greater importance than Christmas um because uh the Sabbath is the holy day that is prescribed in scripture versus Christmas being yeah. a man-made holiday that is fun and special, but also not something that any uh, Christian should feel uh, forced to participate in since it isn't 
demanded in scripture. But uh, ironically, like alongside uh, protesting Christmas in favor of just having a normal Sabbath on that Sunday, I also spent the 2016 Christmas season listening to more Christmas music than I ever had in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you do that? Um, Partially it was because I was working Saturdays at a guitar center and I was working the front door and our district manager uh, was wanting me to just play Christmas music all day long. So I, I, I was very quickly like running through the music that I already owned those Christmas music, like um, happy Christmas volume four from tooth and nail is a favorite of mine. I also love the, uh, the Dustin Kensery music, Christmas music, uh, specifically the stuff he's released under his title, uh, The Modern Post. Um, but I was oh, yeah. just running out very quickly, so I started accumulating more and more Christmas music. I got like the Casey Musgraves Christmas album that came out that year. I got the old classic from Nat King Cole. Um, maybe another like compilation or two. Um, my old church in Texas released a Christmas album. So I was just bringing all this stuff together and playing it through uh, like all the time on uh saturdays at work was I, I was working like open to close so it was just lots of christmas music so it was just listening to it a lot and i actually i was enjoying it it was it was it was a weird dichotomy to be living in um but for whatever reason that just didn't repeat this year so uh yeah sadly i've listened to nothing on this list even though i actually i really wanted to hear the mark martell one and i think what the eagle and child are doing uh, is interesting as well. So it'll be cool to find out whether yeah. either of those made the final list. So, uh, Scott, bring it to us. I listened. Yeah. So I listened to about, uh, I think four of these nominees. Um, the wait, hold on. Yeah. Four or five. Something. Um, the Eagle and child that I think I liked that Christmas EP more than I liked their actual album last year. Um, and it had a lot of really cool singers on it. Like Zach Boland was on there. Um, and I forget who else now, now that I'm talking about it. But <laughs> anyway, so um, number five on this list is the Christmas Magic EP from Mike Maines, um, who should be releasing, I believe will be releasing new music this year. Uh, he dropped In the Branches, so it's just Mike Maines now. Uh, number four is Mark Martell, the first Noel EP. Congrats. Um, number three, The Peace Project from Hillsong Worship. Number one, uh, sorry, number two, um, the Oh Christmas Volume 2 EP from The Eagle and Child. And number one, and again, this one had the number one spot locked down the entire time. It had almost 40% of the votes. Uh, 10th Avenue North, yep. Decade the Halls, Volume 1. I saw that coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of did too. I haven't listened to that one, but but apparently it's good enough to get all those votes. Yeah. For what it's worth, I do listen to Christmas music, but I listen to the Christmas music I listened to growing up for mm-hmm. the sake of nostalgia because it's like, I that's all I need. So, uh, our most popular category, the contemporary album of the year. Is this our most, ca- is that a joke? That is a joke. It's yeah. funny because this, this album, this category might have like the most albums that I'm like passionate about. Yeah, um, I know. It has your album of the year in there. It has, you know, Stu G. It has uh, Sarah Groves. Yeah, this this category has uh, three albums that made my top ten of the year. Stu G, Sarah Groves, and Bethany Dillon. And it also has another that was in strong consideration, uh, Back to Life by Anthony Evans. 
I um, I mean I'll I gotta throw out there there are definitely some really good strong nominees in this category. I really liked David Belash's album. Did I say that one right? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's Belosh. Oh, Pro- I I could be wrong this time then. CCM. Yeah. Pronunciation police. I thought it was Belosh. Yeah. Listeners, let us know. Longo, shorto, okay. softo. Um. All right, so this I think we're getting to the the point where these categories could really be upsetting me. <laughs> who wins and who doesn't? <laughs> but let's, Matt Marr. Uh, I really like Matt Marr's album. Um. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna close my ears and and you can read off the top five. Now, Chase, just so you're aware, you can close your ears, but you have to actually take off your headphones. Otherwise, the sound is still going into your ear holes. <laughs> oh, not my ear holes. Uh, just yeah, give me the truth. I'll take it. Okay. Okay, yeah. All right. So I'm actually interested. These, Let me know. So these next few categories are going to uh, on the website, JesusFreakHideout.com. That's the website we work for. Um, they're going to be listed as the top ten. Top five. Uh, number five, Love Has a Name by Jesus Culture. Uh, number four, uh, Echoes by Matt Marr. Number three, Beatitudes by Stu Gerard. Yay! Yes. Yeah, Stu I'm Gerard. Not the three. only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, he actually hey, retweeted Chase, us. I so. liked it. And it's and the thing is, I we discussed this on a previous episode, but I was the only person on staff whose number one album of the year didn't appear on anyone else's top ten, which was Stitchy. Yeah. So. That was me my first couple of years on staff, actually. <laughs> so I, I know what it's like. <laughs> you were the uh, forebearer for me. Thank you. I um, was. My first an, uh, My first album of the year for that was um, Heath McNeese's debut. And then my second year was... Uh, oh, the you last mean the album that Saturn got three album. stars? Yes, don't remind me. The person <laughs> who, who reviewed that obviously didn't understand. Good didn't hip-hop. get it. <laughs> yeah. So whatever. Uh, number two, though, is There is a Cloud by Elevation Worship. And number one, Matthew West, All In. All right, next up is Pop or Pop Rock Album of the Year. Uh, another category with a lot of albums I liked and or loved. I think an oddity on here is Sing On by The Sing Team. I don't think I would have categorized it under this uh, yeah. genre per se. But... Uh, still, I love that album. Love the Landry Cantrell album. Love the Long Hollow Wave album. Love the Jeremy Camp album. Love the Acceptance album. A few others on here I liked. So, another like trepidatiously excited to hear the winners, but also might be upset again. So, <laughs> let's <Yeah>. see. <laughs> go mercy me. Wait, no. Okay, so go Nicole Nordeman. Actually, I like Nicole Nordeman better, but not by much. I loved both those albums. You did. You liked those a lot. I know. Um, what, what about you, Chase? What, did you, what do you think was going to be the number one on this list? Um, I guess Mercy Me would probably be the safest bet. Okay. Uh, third Day. Third Day. I imagine Third Day is like a um, definitely top five. Okay. So Kari, Kari Joby is probably top five, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. Number five. Uh, this one was actually a bit surprising to me, just because his old band Royal Taylor didn't really seem like they had a lot of popularity. But uh, "Hills and Valleys" by Torrin Wells. Torrin um, Wells, okay. 
Yeah. I actually yeah. like that album. Did you? I haven't heard it. Okay. Yeah. Um, number four is One Way Conversations by Holland. Okay. Uh, okay. Number three, Lifer by Mercy Me. Oh, wow. uh, number two. Only number three. Only number three. Yeah. Okay. Number two, and this one's actually pretty exciting, Real Life by Aaron Sprinkle. And oh, then, wow. Awesome. Yeah. We have, Good for him. We have fans of Aaron Sprinkle who read the website. Woot, woot. Yes, and we, we also have an episode coming out in a few weeks with Aaron Sprinkle on it. So keep your Fantastic. eyes open. Right, keep your ears open. Keep your... Listen. Listen to the show. And yeah. <laughs> number one album is... Nicole Nordeman. Number one, and this one's exciting just because they recently announced that they are breaking up. It is Revival by Third Day. Oh. Well, why? Oh, that's good. That's a good album. Yeah, that just means that but they're none up. of the <coughs> albums that I wanted <laughs> on the top five. <laughs> it was a good. It was a good album. Uh, man. Yeah, I like. Okay, it. Well, I listen to it quite a bit. All y'all that aren't listening to Projections by Landry Cantrell, go get on that. Ah. <laughs> so this is a category that is uh, Scott's favorite category. Is one it, of wait, them, is yeah. it his favorite category? It, it's one of them, yeah. The Rap Hip Hop Album of the Year. So, I bet I know who Scott's cheering for for this one. NF. <laughs> Go NF. You know <laughs> it. Boy, do I love NF. I would can't, be shocked if uh, Propaganda didn't walk away with this one. You um, would be shocked? I would be I, shocked I, I, if I, he did. I'll be honest. That's who, that's who I would pick, but I would be shocked if he did. Because I think NF won it well uh, just a, a, a minor ish spoiler um nf and propaganda both fought very long and very hard for the number one and number two spots on here it actually went back and forth between the two of them well, that's cool. pretty frequently yeah and they both actually between the two of them i think they got over half the votes oh wow yeah crazy yeah no well no surprise there yeah yeah, Propaganda okay. is but released they're... a stellar album and released an album, so it, obviously they're going to you know fight over it. If uh, if Derek Minor doesn't show up on the top five, I feel like that's probably because his fans were split in votes between the two albums that mm, were here. You know what? You're um, right. You're yeah, right. You, and and that was I think that was my fault. I think I realized that a little bit too late, <laughs> so I apologize, Derek Minor. All right, okay. so uh, top five. Number five, uh, Worthy by Beautiful Eulogy. Uh, number four is Magic and Bird by Andy Minio and Wordsplayed. Number three is Jonah by KJ52. The longtime stalwart. Um, okay. Number two. We, well, we already know. Okay, Scott, we already know who the one and two are because you kind of let us uh, hint at that. So just tell us, yes. what's the album of the year? Hit us. <laughs> the hip-hop album of the year is Crooked by Propaganda. Yeah! He took it! He did, yep. Man. Yeah, Propaganda. Propaganda. That's straight. That's straight. <clears throat> very excited about that. Yeah, I was very happy with that with that result. Um, Nothing against the, I believe... I actually... Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, li well, I liked Perception more than most people on staff, it sounds like. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> So our next category is heavy album of the year, uh, which uh, not not that bad of a category uh, this year. For me, there's one hands down album that deserves number one. My, I, I assume that the top three 
are going to be um, August Burns Red, Death Therapy, and Demon Hunter. But for me, what should be the runaway number one is the album Awakened by Flesh Killer. So I'll at least be happy if that's top five. Uh, I really got my fingers crossed for that. But uh... yeah, that that album, um, you know, I personally didn't really like it just because I don't really. It's uh, not your style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really typically like the progressive, like Swedish based metal. I'm also not really an Extol fan, so it was kind of destined oh, that I wouldn't like this album. But I, but I do think it was very. I good. never. I do think it deserves any credit it gets. I never was a fan of the previous project either. But Flesh Killer was weird for me um, in that, as as in one sense, it seemed like kind of like your standard like Swedish metal album with you know some like eighties hard rock influence. The whole album seemed like overtly worshipful in a way that this genre usually doesn't pull off. Like to me, this yeah. album felt more worshipful than beautiful eulogies even though beautiful eulogy was wow. set up to be an extremely worship oriented album and again not to diss yeah. beautiful eulogy I, I say that by a very small margin i do believe that is a beautifully worshipful album um i just think there, there's something about flesh killer that's just slightly better and there's something that seems so like christ-centered worship oriented about it that there's almost like an, like an like outside of the lyrics alone the album almost carries an aura of like spirit driven worship that um, just really takes me aback. And that could just be me. Um, but I just want to point out that flesh killer is one of my fa- all time favorite band names. <laughs> and I also just want to point out, I know it's probably been pointed out a number of times, but uh, new bands from last year are death therapy, death breaker and flesh killer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good theme. Yeah. Top five. Uh, and this actually, number five surprised me a little bit. Um, it's Dead in the Shadow by To Speak of Wolves. Okay. Um, number four, this one's not quite as shocking, but also, again, I just didn't really care for it, but Dark Flag by Phineas, mm-hmm. uh, their first Solid State album. Yeah. Um, number three. I, I like that. That was a good album. Oh, did you? I did, yeah. The production, um, like it kept me from being able to enjoy it. I just didn't like the way it sound and sounded. So, so number three then uh, is the storm before the calm by Death Therapy. Yep. Okay. Um, number two, Phantom Anthem by August Burns Red. So far, okay. my prediction for the top three is spot on. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, your prediction for the top three is completely spot on because Demon Hunter's Outlive is the album of the year. Well, the heavy metal album of the year. All right. Yeah. All right. yeah. Demon Hunter. <clears throat> this was not a result of insider trading. I did, in fact, randomly <laughs> guess the top three correctly. Hoo-ha. Um, and that, that uh, August Burns Red album is very good. I, uh, I like it a good deal more than their previous album. Still not as much as uh, Rescue and Restore, but... They're they're just they've hit they've hit like just this lane of consistency where like they know exactly what they're doing and they they can just if they wanted to they could pump out an album every year that was just like this good um so cool next category okay so my home base this is the acoustic indie pop album of the year that's hilarious this is your home base what 
this is okay this is the category that is like impossible for me to like actually dislike music we talked about this well we haven't released that episode yet but in in an episode that will be released in, <laughs> in the, the future we talked in about the future how... <laughs> um, we'll we'll talk about kind of this type of music is just like maybe i won't love it maybe i won't be a real big fan of it but it's impossible for me to dislike. That's so funny. This is this is this is the genre of music that I actively dislike, that I actively ignore. And I'm not saying any of these albums are bad per se. Most of them I haven't listened to, specifically because this is just a genre and a sound that I have a distaste yeah. for. Um, and folk music isn't something that usually appeals to me either. Um, but yeah, this, this whole category is just like whatever to me. So. This is the first. This is the yeah. first category we've spoke, talked about in a while that I have like I have no dog in this fight. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Mark, is there anything particular that you want to see winning? Or yeah, I want to see the Brilliance do well. Okay, that was the last album that I cut from my top ten. So I guess technically it's my number eleven album of the year. And it'd be nice to see the Great Havens do well. I'm I'm sure they will. Uh, I'm sure Drew Holcomb and Ellie Holcomb will both do well. So this um category actually used to be called I, I trimmed down the names of the, the categories a little bit because they were kind of getting long mm-hmm. this category actually used to include acoustic indie pop and folk music um but it's, now it's acoustic indie pop we still kind of put the folk stuff in there yeah just because i don't really know where else to put it like drew holcomb i, I don't know where else i would put him like i i don't know is he alternative enough to make it in the alternative category um, uh, that makes sense yeah yeah so Anyway, number five is Drew Holcomb in the neighbor's souvenir. Number four is Drew Holcomb's wife, Ellie Holcomb, with <laughs> Red Sea Road. Conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, number three, The Grey Havens, Ghost of a King Live. Number two, Let's Run by The Eagle and Child. Um, when I tweeted out the nominees Ooh. on the at on the JFH Awards Twitter, um, The Eagle and Child was one of the artists that um retweeted and got their fans to vote so they weren't really getting a whole lot of votes but then all of a sudden i saw a surge in in votes for the eagle and child so they managed to make their way up to number two um all righty then <clears throat> yeah marketing yeah. we like that and people number, read our website yeah and number one is actually wonder by hillsong united okay but really the brilliance didn't make the top five that's sad they did they made the top uh ten they're number eight. Yeah, but still. <laughs> yeah. I know. That album was fine. Um, I, I yeah, Maybe it should have been higher. I don't know. I liked it, but I don't know. They're apparently going to release something new this year. And from what I've heard from David Gunger, it's going to be a little more experimental and angsty. I love angst. Me too. I'm not surprised in the least at that. <laughs> yeah. So the next category is rock slash alternative album of the year um yes basically uh, as far as i'm concerned solid nominees all around in this category um and i have a special love for the isley album so i'd love to see that yeah um i i thought the 68 album was fine but it kind of became like <laughs> like a joke that so many people lo- like actively loved it that the fact that I was like negative it was like I almost I, I basically became on the side of hating it not because I hate it but because it's <laughs> it's just like that's how the divide feels 
between thinking it's a good album and a great album. It feels more like yeah. loving it versus hating it. Um, so Chase, you're fulfilling the role that is expected of you. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and then the the one the so this what am I saying? Um, two of these albums were on my top ten: Isley and King's Kaleidoscope. And uh, we'll be seeing if Rusty Ship can hold their own uh, in this category after taking home the award in two other categories. So that'll be interesting. Yes, it will be yeah. interesting. Um, I'm who am I pulling for here? I don't really have big dogs in this fight. I suppose I'm probably cheering for Rusty Ship. I certainly wouldn't be bummed if Project 86 won this, and I certainly wouldn't be. Well, I wouldn't be bummed if John Mark McMillan won it because, well, I I wasn't a particularly huge fan of Mercury and Lightning, but I know that a lot of people were, and yeah. it is a good album. Yeah, just and you're just a fan my, of him, so you'd be yeah, okay with him winning, maybe, even though it's for this album. Yeah, that yeah, might yeah. be a good way of putting it. Um, and uh, Scott, weren't you the one who had me listen to Odd Boat by Flatfoot Fifty Six? Um, I think Michael and I both coerced you into it. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's a really good album. Um, and that was one yeah, of the Yeah, that was my that, number 11, I guess. Yeah, and that, that was one of the albums that I had to, like, push off as, like, out of consideration uh-huh. uh, for my top 10 of last year. Because, like, I just heard a lot of really good music for the first time uh, in those, like, final few weeks of deciding. And so I decided to remove everything that was new to me in favor of the albums that I still love sure. from back in like January and February. So, um, let's do the top 10. If that's, if you guys are okay, cause there's a lot of really good nominees here and I want right, to okay. kind of yeah. make mention of all of them. So number 10 actually was, I'm only dreaming by Isley, which Woo. in the past Isley would have been in the indie pop category, but they have basically an entire new lineup. And this new album I thought was a lot more alternative than previous. Um, so yeah. I don't know. Number nine. That's a, that's a fair move. Yeah. Number nine it was the EP one from Blank Books. Um, number eight, yeah. If I Never Speak Again by Hearts Like Lions, which I thought was a very Solid. good album. Yeah. I thought that was a very good album, too. I've, I've been meaning to listen yeah. to it for a year and still. Have. Yeah. Yeah. You should you should do it, man. It's it's solid. Do the name. Uh, number seven. Yeah. Number seven, Sheep Among Wolves by Project 86. Oh, really? wow. I'm yeah. shocked it's not That's higher. There. Yeah. Number six, uh, one I really don't really have any opinion on is, well, I have an opinion, but it's not a good one. Gone by Red. <laughs> well, that set up. I knew that you were about to say this album. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, be nice. I'm being nice. I didn't tell my opinion. Um, number five is Only the Lonely by Colony House. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, The Beauty Between by King's Kaleidoscope, which is very hip-hop centered, but I also feel like they're an alternative band, so they belong in this category. Yeah, that's a hard album to categorize. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, number three, Mercury and Lightning by John Mark McMillan. Now, number two and number one, also a hard-fought battle. So the person that is in, or the, the... Entity that is in number one <laughs> was fighting, was had number one for a long time, and then the person in number two 
they retweeted us, our tweet also, and their fans came in and just gave us a really huge surge in votes. So he took over number one. And then that was it for him. But then the other person's votes just kept coming in. So Kevin Max is number two with Serve Somebody. All right. And the album of the year is Mortal Ghost by Rusty Ship. <laughs> Rusty Ship. <laughs> wow. wow. Man, sweeping. Or the rock album of the year, I guess this I is, should this say. Is a, this is a sweep so far. Shoot. Yeah. Um, so can I just clarify? Are you saying that Two Parts Viper by 68 wasn't on the top 10? <laughs> it was not on the top 10. That's All right. Just wanted, to make sure, just wanted to make sure that, uh, that's, that I heard correctly. Um, you did. Benji, you know who you are. You, you, you can, do, you can deal with it. Listener, <laughs> Benji. If you do, in fact, listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, I got the hip hop album of the year. That's all our albums of the year, except for our main album of the year. No, no, you're so... skipping forward to MC of the year. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know that, Chase. Chase, I was setting it up still. I don't. Well, Chase. Just, no, just... Chase, be patient. Cheese. <sighs> Start over, Mark. Now it's no fun. Okay, MC of the year. <laughs> okay, so MC of the year is our next category. And who do you guys think? Because Propaganda won Hip Hop Album of the Year. Right. Uh, I do imagine that Propaganda will take it because I figure that the people who voted for Crooked will also be voting for him here. Um, but we'll see. We will see. So for a large part, the top five MCs of the year kind of patterned themselves after the hip-hop album of the year, mm -hmm. um, with a little bit of exception. So number five is KB. Cool. Good stuff. Uh, number four is Andy Minio. Number yep. three, KJ52. And again, splitting nearly half the votes between NF and Propaganda, um, this one went back and forth, just like the other one did, except this time NF came out on top. Oh, wow. So right. number two is Propaganda, and our MC of the year is NF. Poetic justice. I guess. Our next category is... Well, as I lead into this next category, I must mention that previously we have had some albums nominated by female vocalists. Thus would be artists that are not dudes. Um. <laughs> okay, Chase, if you're going to imitate me, at least try to sound like me. Or, or is that how <laughs> you hear me? You. I was just is doing that, what you Is that did. how you hear me, Chase? Yeah? <laughs> is that is how I hear you, Mark? And our next category is female solo artiste of the yar. Yes, I've heard of I've so, heard of yars. Those are periods of three years. <laughs> that was a really good joke. Uh, I appreciate that. Really? Yes. <laughs> so the. The solo artist of the year categories, um, the way that you qualify for this is that, um, obviously, you know, the gender thing, but um, really it's, it doesn't come down to, because we used to call it vocalist of the year, 
and then people would just like write in lead singers of bands but we're really focusing on people who's who are the core of their band like uh like you know Holland is the core of that band she has people playing with her on stage but they're not necessarily an official member of her band or entourage or whatever you know um so you you wouldn't put well before Lacey Sturm went solo you wouldn't put Lacey Sturm in here because she was the singer for Flyleaf she wasn't really a solo artist so um so who do you guys think pulled out a win on this category I have no clue I, I want Sarah Groves and Bethany Bernard to be there, but I, I genuinely have zero idea. Maybe maybe Ellie Holcomb and Carrie Jobe will come up high. That's my best guess. Okay. I, I So funny thing, I, um, I really liked Jamie Grace's album from last year. I know Chase didn't. Okay. It's too happy. It's so happy I hate myself. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely will be cheering for her um, a little bit here. Um, Bethany Bernard, uh, Nicole Nordeman. So number five is actually Jamie Grace. Yeah. Uh, number four. <laughs> that makes me happy. Number four. Happy enough I could put it in a song. Oh, that's great. Number four um, is Mandisa, which surprised me. Not Nothing against Mandisa. I just, I didn't know that she was popular enough to yeah. get those She's votes. like. Literally one of the most popular Christian female solo artists out there. Huh. All right. And she's an American Idol alum. Uh, number three, not an American Idol alum, uh, Ellie Holcomb. Number two, Carrie Job. Kari Job. All right. So my guesses were two and three. So. Yes. Number one goes and to. Nicole Nordeman? Holland. Oh, Holland. Okay. Yeah, Holland. Yes. Really? Holland. Yeah, I like Holland. I don't I, I don't really listen to her music, but um I, I really like what she's doing. I like that she's a, a good role model for, you know, younger girls in the church. Yeah. And I think she's really talented. And she can rap too. I don't know if you know that, but she can rap. Very fittingly, working in tandem with female solo artist of the year is the male solo artist of the year. Whoa so, crazy. I know. What? Who would have thought that in this day and age we could separate male and female? <laughs> Triggered. <laughs> Fun fact: I actually asked John DiBiase, it's pronounced DiBiase, um, if we should do a joint category and just do solo artist of the year, and he made yeah. fun of me. Our female nominees this year are artists who personally identify as female. Uh, our male nominees this year are artists who personally identify as male, and we didn't have anyone personally identifying as anything else. So, <laughs> moving forward with them, the male winners. Big one I'm rooting for here is Landry Cantrell. Um, I just I love his voice so much. He's such like a new talent, like such a strong talent. Um, based on his performance in another category, I assume he won't be in the top five, but still, here's hoping. Um, the, the safer bets would be Matt Mayer, Matt Redman, Matthew West. Um, I could see Matt Hammett, uh, getting there maybe. And Matt, Matt Hammett's new album was also quite good. Oh, Torn Wells. Oh, he's got it. He, he's in it. Okay. No, no. Scratch that. Scratch that. New, new, new guesses. New guesses. Um, 
Um, John Mark McMillan, Kevin Max, Torn Wells, Torn Wells, Matthew West, Matt Redman, Kevin Max, and Aaron Sprinkle. Was that five? Ah, just say it. Just, just go. Just okay. Well, those were actually pretty good guesses. So number five is Jeremy Camp. Woo! uh, Which, if I recall, you gave that a very positive review. I was the one. Yeah, Chase liked it. Yeah. I was the one person who really liked it. I, it's 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 great pop music as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, then at number four is Aaron Sprinkle. Man, he's killing uh, it. Th- he is. Yeah, he yeah, released Aaron's... two good albums last year. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. 2017 was a great year for him in between the yeah. great solo album, the great EP band release. So basically, every time that that one of those has appeared on a list, it's gotten into the top five. I think. Yeah. Um, number three is Torin Wells. Uh, number two is John Mark McMillan. And then number one is this guy who used to be in a band you never, probably never heard of called DC Talk. And uh, his <laughs> name is Kevin. Kevin Max. I think that's how you pronounce that. Oh, oh well, there Damn. you go again. So the uh, next category is New Artist of the Year. Uh, per yes. parentheses, a band who had their first national release in 2017. So I would like Long Hollow Wave, Landry Kentrell, and Flesh Killer and the Sing Team to win, and I expect none of them to be on the top five. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking this is probably going to be something more to the effect of uh, Porter's Gate, Stephen Malcolm, Death Therapy, probably Death Therapy. Yeah. I would not complain with Death Therapy because I loved that album. I just. I'll complain. Loved it. I will complain on your behalf. Scott, you liked it Chase. too, right? I can't remember if you I did. Yeah, okay. I liked it quite a bit. When uh, Michael was on, he tried to convince me that I should like the closing instrumental track because it is like using Castlevania themes. And it, it was the worst. No, he said that you didn't get it because you didn't get that it used Castlevania themes. I. So who are the winners? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So number five, um, technically a new artist, even though it's all people from older bands, but this was their first album as Nothing Left, um, featuring people from For Today, A Bullet for Pretty Boy, oh, and right. Silent Planet. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't I listen to them. A... I should have. I feel it's like good. that would be something I'd like. Yeah, it's <laughs> Something good. you should like. Uh, number four, Chase, get ready for this. <gasps> Flesh Killer. Landry Cantrell. Yes! Oh! Man, man, man. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, number three, Stephen Malcolm, released a first album mm-hmm. on Word Records last year. Or their subdivision, I Word. think it was called. <laughs> um, number two, not their first album, but their first album on a major label, The Sing Team. Yeah! Yeah! Yeah. I'm doing so much better than I thought I would! And then number one, actually this one won with fairly, fairly wide margin of gaps. Death therapy. Wide margin of gaps. I love the way that you said that. Yeah, I love the way that I'm an idiot when I said that. Um, (laughs) Death therapy. Yeah, death therapy is the new artist of the year. Yep. We got two categories left, Chase. I get to introduce 
the best category of the entire <laughs> competition. And that is the album of the year. No, ca- no categories, no genres, no lines. If it's Christian, it's in. Right. So at this point, it's the, the front runners would presumably be the albums that have won in other smaller categories. Um, interestingly, this isn't, I think in years past when I voted as just a listener, which if, if anyone's curious, I actually didn't vote this year. I didn't, I didn't feel like throwing in my vote as a, as a staffer. Um, actually, are we, are we supposed to, or allowed to, or is this yes. you can, you can, you can, if you want to, um, I, mean, I voted. Yeah, I do. So I'm just kind of interested in like what happens without my vote being involved. Um, is obviously we have the staff thing to show off our own uh, favorites and stuff, but I just counted and I've listened to all of, or at least most of 21 of these albums, which, um, I, mean, I guess theoretically it should be all, but that's, that's at least a high enough number to make me feel pretty uh, good about like where, where I think personally things should fall. Um, which ones didn't you listen to? I know you said you didn't listen to crumb. I haven't listened to Crumb. I haven't listened to Hearts Like Lions yet, even though I really want to. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I included Colony House because I've only heard like three of those songs. So I don't think I include that on my count. And then uh, Staves Acre and. Uh, is that it? Yeah. That's, that's it. four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would love to see Beauty Between up there. I would love to see Crooked up there. Uh, I would love to see. This isn't going to happen, but I'd love to see Isley up there. And I, I just think it's cool that Colliding by Design is on this list. It's actually an album I'm not crazy about, but I am a big fan of Acceptance. Uh, reviewing this album was one of my first reviews for the website. Um, so I just, again, it's, it's cool that it, it's on here. Sure. Yeah, it's a fine album. So, yeah, any predictions from you, Mork? Uh, I just want Nicole Nordeman to do well. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> but as for actual predictions, I'm actually really in Rusty Ship does. If no, NF, in NF's going to be oh, Okay, right. so you yes. want my prediction for the top 5? Um in no particular order. Yeah. Uh Rusty Ship, Propaganda, NF, and then um Death Therapy, John Mark McMillan. That's my top 5. Yes, this is this is the point where we would expect Rusty Ship to lose his winning streak. Um, it would be it would be crazy uh, for him to come up on top, like a huge, uh, and at least respect uh, relative to our website, a really huge accomplishment. Um, yeah, no yeah. independent band has ever won this category. Okay, good to knows. Yeah. So number ten on this one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the big, well, one of the two big categories. And I will provide sounds as reactions. Do it. I love it. Um, number 10, Sheep Among Wolves by Project 86. Mm, yeah. Uh, number nine, Hills and Valleys by Torrin Wells. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number eight, Lifer by Mercy Me. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Chase, hold on, pause. Chase, did you ever finish listening to Lifer? Mm-hmm. Or is it still you've listened to half the album and then liked it and then just stopped listening to it and never listened to it again? Mm-hmm. 
Chase, you make no sense. Good sound effects. Okay, so number seven, and this one might be a little shocking, Crooked by Propaganda. Wow. Yeah. I did not mm. expect them to him to come so low on that list, but still mm-hmm. top ten is very good. Um, number six, only the lonely by Colony House. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, people really like that album. Mm-hmm. I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, the beauty between by King's Kaleidoscope. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chase is happy about mm-hmm. that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. I th- I've, mm-hmm. I've heard better from them, but whatever. Um, the number four is Mercury and Lightning by John Mark McMillan. Okay. Uh, number three is Perception by NF. <laughs> okay. Number two is Revival by Third Day. Mm-hmm. Alrighty then. Yeah. Uh, and <gasps> wait, does this mean what I think it means? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think it means, Mark? What do I? What do I? Well, <laughs> from the process of elimination, from yeah. the bands that have not been mentioned, does that possibly mean mm. that the album of the year mm. is Scott? What is it? Mortal Ghost by Rusty Ship. <laughs> Alrighty then. I can live with that. I can yeah. live with that, and I am excited for that. Yes. Yeah, I was very happy to see that. And really, they, they the votes were pretty close, but they also kind of had that category locked in the whole time. Crazy. Yeah. So, way to go, Rusty Ship. First independent band to ever win the Album of the Year for the JFH Awards. Yeah. Which means they are currently in the running to continue a sweep and go five for five with our final category of the evening or whatever time of day you happen to be listening. Artist of the year. Yes. So I think the I think the artist that has the, the most wins and has swept the awards, is, I think it's falling up from a couple of years ago. They were in six categories and they won all six of them. Yeah, they did. With the one of the uh, greatest albums of all time. Yeah. We should do. No. A, is it five stars on that album? We are going to eventually, and I'm gonna freaking destroy whatever you, you don't like about the album. I'm gonna <laughs> prove to the world that opinions can be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, number five, we have John Mark McMillan. All right. Number four, we have King's Kaleidoscope. Yeah, baby. Number three, Third Day. So far, this is extremely similar to the top five of the uh, albums, so it makes sense. Number two is Kevin Max. Oh, shoot. Okay. Number two, yep. Number two, Artist of the Year. Uh, number one, the JFH Artist of the Year is our good friends in Rusty Ship. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> They're going to be so bummed when this episode comes out. Man. What a what a dump of bad news we're putting. I mean, uh, any press is good press, am I right? <laughs> All right, uh, there. That's uh, the JFH Words results. 
that that was a very mortal experience and it left me feeling rusty like a ghost wipe that smirk off your face mork (laughs) don't be so proud (laughs) of those contrived things that you think pass as puns hey i never said i made good puns I know people who would say there's no such thing as a good pun. I'm not one of those people, but you know, still, taste is taste. Um, you know, I'm still con- I'm still really confused as to why you guys thought my year yar joke was so funny. That was a good joke. Uh, he he unexpected. thought it was funny. I I actually had to spend the entire time that he was laughing just to understand it. When I understood it, it was too late <laughs> to consider it funny, but I did think it was very clever. So I will give you. Uh, a four and a half star rating for that one, actually. Hey, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think four, you guys four and a half. Under, like, I think you guys get it more than I do because I don't know why that was so funny. I, like I a yard to make like three it's feet clever. equals a yard. Yeah. So three years equals a yard. <laughs> Is that not your intention? Because that's why it's funny. That I know. I I did not. That was not my intention. Oh man. Well, oh then man. I just, I just read. Brilliant That's exactly why I was laughing. Into an accidental joke. joke so I am docking a star and a half. Three <laughs> stars for you, good sir. <laughs> but give him another half star for the element of surprise. Okay. <laughs> My final rating <laughs> for the Yar joke. In the running for uh, Bad Puns of the Year at the 2019 JFH Awards. Three and a half stars. Well, thanks for having me on, guys, um, to go over this. And I, I do want to say thanks to all the um, everybody who voted. We got more votes this year than we did last year, which is really cool. Like, you know, sometimes we talk negative about artists, but the whole reason that this website exists is to talk about the music we do like. And the reason JFH Awards exists is so that we can give fans a chance to show the artists that they appreciate. Um so we're happy to do that. It's we're we're happy to have you on, Scott. This is a really cool way to make the award announcements. Yeah. Uh, so you heard them here first, and then they'll they will also be on the website. And uh, hopefully you will come back to listen to normal things next week. Uh, we'll uh, next week on the docket is a discussion of the House of Heroes album. The end is not the end. Whether we think that mm. still deserves a five star rating. We also have an interview that I conducted with Phil Joel from Newsboys. So oh, cool. Good stuff in store. Thanks for listening to the JFH podcast. And until next time, it is pronounced Carrie Job. The JFH podcast is hosted by Mark Rice and me, Chase Tremaine. Production editing and music is also by me. The podcast is executive produced by John DeBiase and Christopher Smith. If you are interested in sponsoring the podcast, please send an email to Christopher at JesusFreakHideout.com. We'd also love to discuss the podcast with you, so feel free to contact us on Twitter, on our Facebook page, or at JesusFreakHideout.com. And if you like what you're hearing, please recommend the show on Overcast or rate the show on iTunes. We'll be back next week with a new episode.